Well, good evening and welcome to Wednesday Evening Discipleship. My name is Jamie Mulvaney. It's great to be with you tonight. On Sunday, Jago, he spoke about being a person of peace amidst worry and anxiety. And tonight we are looking at the same passage and we're thinking about the same theme. He spoke from Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 to 9. And tonight uh, we have an interview with Will Vanderhart. And Will is a great friend of mine. We work together at HDB. He's the pastoral chaplain there. He uh, set up an organization called the Mind and Soul Foundation. And he has co-authored a number of books, including The Worry Book, which I would really recommend. And uh, can I just say that uh, we recorded this interview a few weeks ago. Uh, We filmed it before George Floyd's tragic killing. And it seems that so much has happened in the world since then. But our conversation could not be uh, more relevant in the world that we find ourselves in. So can I encourage you to have a look at the passage, to watch this, and uh, let's chat afterwards in Connect Groups. Let's take a look. Will, thanks so much. It's great uh, to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, We're thinking a lot about worry and anxiety at the moment. Uh, Has worry and anxiety been a big issue for you personally? Oh, yes, uh, Jamie, it's been a real problem for me. Um, I grew up, I think, uh, worrying a lot as a kid. Uh, I became a Christian quite young. I, I thought I was praying, but actually I think I was just worrying out loud. And um, I kind of think anxiety played a really big part in my story. And uh, I, yeah, always worrying about what might happen. And, and unless I was really busy and distracted, I'd often find that worry would kind of cycle around in my mind. Part of the reason I spent so much time playing sport was I felt like it distracted me a lot from my worries. Um, and then I had a really difficult time in 2005 um, after the London bombings. And I, I had an ex- acute experience of anxiety um, and was, was, was quite unwell. Uh, for about six months with that. Um, I subsequently recovered uh, and I wrote a book called The Worry Book as a direct uh, response to the, to, to the anxiety I've experienced. And I say I still have a diagnosis for something called GAD, Generalized Anxiety Disorder. But actually, whereas I used to spend 90% of my day worrying and 10% of my day living, I now spend 90% of my day living and only maybe 10% worrying. So things have massively improved uh, in my life um, as far as worry and anxiety are concerned. Amazing. And uh, for all of us right now, uh, there's probably a lot of us that are living with fairly sort of low level worry and worried that we might be living with that for some time. Should we be worried about how much we're worrying at the moment? Well, it's a great question. And the thing about worry is that the worries themselves are far less important than the fact that we're worrying. And so when we're worrying, we tend to think that the things that we're concerned about are the things that are important. But problematic worry is not about dealing with solvable problems. It's about this kind of diffuse feeling of anxiety. And that that diffuse feeling in itself propagates multiple different possibilities for things that you could worry about. We talk about these things as, as ants or gnats, negative automatic thoughts or automatic negative thoughts. Uh, whichever you like least. Um, and so um, if you label your, your diffuse worries as ants or gnats, that you imagine them kind of coming in uh, to your mind. Uh, the, the important thing is to acknowledge that they're there and then respond to the fact that you are worrying rather than responding to the worries themselves. Uh, humans are addicted to relief uh, and reassurance. And um, when you have a worry and then you find out that it's actually quite meaningless, you feel a huge level of relief. But unfortunately, that cycle of relief uh, and reassurance keeps worries alive over a long period of time. 
So the more you seek reassurance, the more relief you receive, and the more relief you see, the better you feel, the more the cycle propagates itself. So the key thing is to ask yourself, are you worrying uh, for more than an hour a day? Uh, if so, that's a significant problem. So Will, if, if someone watching is worrying for that amount of time, what would you suggest they do? Well, we can also become worried that we're worrying, which is another part of the problem here. So the, the key thing is to acknowledge that worries become a problem and then begin to approach worrying in a different way. So reframing our experience. Um, there, there, there's a school of psychological work called cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which we know has a really, really positive effect on reducing our worries. And, and if someone's watching, uh, certainly they can check out the worry book or they can go to mindsoftfoundation.org and get some information about how to begin the process of treating worry. Well, one of the most important things that everyone should understand right now is that we have a limbic system and we have a, uh, if you like, a security system in our bodies, which is designed by God to respond to threats. And we're currently living in a season of threat. And so a level of worry is very, very normal. Um, it, it, when Jesus said, Jesus said, do not worry, it wasn't a commandment. It was do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Today has enough problems of its own. The key thing that Jesus was doing there, he was, he was using actually a really helpful piece of psychology around catastrophizing. He was saying, don't focus your energies on tomorrow, focus your energies on today. You can do something about the problems of today. You cannot do anything about the problems of tomorrow. And so there's a, there's a lot of focus here on bringing our attention into the present moment and living in that moment rather than allowing ourselves to imagine what might happen. One of the things I'm personally finding most difficult is this constant media prediction about what will or will not happen in the future. And actually, for someone who struggles with worry, that's kind of rocket fuel to your worries because you're asking yourself all of these unanswerable questions. You know, we want to make the future concrete, but the, at the moment, that is the, that is the <laughs> furthest thing away from what we can actually do. And there's probably been, never been a point in our history where we've been least able to predict what the future might hold. And so it's natural, it's normal for people to feel worried right now. And so if they are feeling more worried than normal, it's important also they don't kind of catastrophize that problem and think, oh, no, I'm, now, I'm really, um, now I'm really in trouble. So stay calm and bring your attention into the present moment and use some um, you know, relaxation techniques. You can use breathing techniques. You can use focusing techniques just to bring yourself into the present and try and live each day you know, on its own effectively. And what, what else do you think is going on uh, with the human mind, the human body in this time that we're in at the moment? And what things can we be doing to support good mental and emotional health as we sort of transition into whatever's next? Thanks, Jamie. Well, I, I mentioned the fight or flight mechanism a little earlier on. You know, it's a really amazing system. So you know, if, you, if a bear broke into your lodge in the woods um, and your body was flooded with adrenaline and cortisol, uh, it makes you be able to run really fast and perform superhuman acts of strength. Your pupils dilate so you can see better. Your hearing sharpens so you can hear better. Your blood moves away from your extremities to your heart so your heart is more efficient. Loads of amazing things happen, um, but they should only happen for a very short space of time. Um, and so that threat is a kind of a very time-limited threat. fight or run effectively. The trouble about coronavirus epidemic and particularly about lockdowns and experiences, it's so elongated and we're really not designed to live under this sense of future threat. 
for such a long period of time. And so a lot of people are experiencing a kind of adrenal burnout where they feel um, exhausted, but they haven't done anything particularly physical. They feel uh, their dreams are slightly lucid. They may be not sleeping so well. Their appetite is changing, either wanting to eat more or less. Um, they may feel more pessimistic than normal, may, maybe we feel more tearful or emotional. So there's this sort of adrenal drip experience. And again, um, we have to work really hard to bring our sense of threat down as far as we possibly can. So I'm, I'm suggesting basic things like don't listen to the news feeds before you go to sleep at night. Uh, I listen to half an hour of news a day in the morning and then I process that through the day. Keep a routine. Humans do better with routines. So write a schedule for every day. But try not to write long-term schedules. Certainly don't go beyond a week ahead of yourself because you have to be quite adaptive in this time. Uh, try and keep a healthy routine, particularly where sleep's concerned. So try and go to bed at the same time every night and try and get up every morning at the same time. And try, try not to go nocturnal. That really doesn't help. Be careful about alcohol intake and sugar intake. Alcohol, particularly people become a little bit more dependent on having a drink. And that's really quite detrimental over the long term so lots of like basic health and well-being tips exercise really helps our mental health and try and have at least one meaningful empathetic conversation with somebody every day don't get isolated even when you're isolating stay connected uh, so that your mental health will uh, it really be strong when you're connected to others and ultimately you're connected to god and finally on on that point that you just made is is being a Christian, is being a follower of Jesus, is, is that any different when it comes to supporting good mental health? I mean, the Bible is filled with great mental health advice. Um, and we you know, look at how much psychological advice is actually already in the Bible. Um, sometimes the Bible is sort of misread in a way, like lots of verses which are really mentally friend, mental health friendly are sort of clipped down, as I say, with the worry verse to be a bit more instructional. It's all the same with you know, Paul saying, do not be anxious. But he, doesn't, he doesn't actually say, do not be anxious. He says, do not be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with gratitude, bring your request to God. Um, and so he's actually calling us to pray, you know, to see, keep asking and stay hopeful, and also to demonstrate gratitude. All of those things are really, really important for our mental health. And so the Bible is good mental health advice. Right now, Christians shouldn't think that they are either you know, immune to COVID or immune to the mental health ramifications of COVID. But what they do need to trust in, and I believe, is that ultimately we know who has our future. It says in Psalm 139, you know, if I, if, where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the depths of the sea, you know, you are there. And this idea that actually, whilst we might suffer in the body or maybe we suffer in the mind, that ultimately we are our hope is in Christ and we are Christ's people and our, our temporal future might be uncertain, but our eternal future is a certainty that we'll be with him forever. And so I hold on to that hope beyond whatever anxiety there might be in my current circumstances. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Will, thank you so much for your time. We're really grateful. I know that uh, you're doing a lot of uh, work speaking to lots of different groups of people at the moment. Can I pray for you quickly before we end? Please, Jamie. Yeah, that'd be great. Father, thank you so much for Will and thank you for the expertise, for the gifts, for the wisdom that uh, has come from you, that uh, you've given him. And God, thank you for uh, weaving uh, 
through his story uh, so much uh, grace and uh, insight for a time such as this. And God, we pray that you would continue to uh, pour out your grace on him and your wisdom um, as he helps so much, so many of us uh, process what we're going through right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Will. Thanks so much, Jamie. God bless you. God bless.